Live from remote locations, my name is Scott Edwards, this is Scott Neville, and this is Around the Diamond. Yeah, so we we do not have the studio this week, so it might sound a little different, but I think it's still pretty good. We got real mics still, and there goes my laptop falling. Great start. Great start. I can't believe your laptop fell. That, that was good, because the bad part is we're doing it from remote locations, meaning you fell too. Are you okay? I don't think that's exactly how it works. I can are, see why. Are you are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. All yeah, right, just making sure. Okay, just making sure. So you all want right, to so talk about the upcoming episode? I was going to do that before you cut me off. Yeah, um, all right, so we are going to do a big time Red Sox season outlook. It's it's been a little gloomy lately, but honestly, people forget that we still have a pretty good team. And we're going to get into all that. We're going to get into prospects that we expect this year. We're going to get into over-unders on, you know, home runs and for specific players and who's going to have good seasons, who's not. Uh, yeah, honestly, I'm excited about this one. We'll be doing a lot of Red Sox content, and uh, we wanted to keep that going. Yes, and we're going to dig into the wonderful Astro stuff that continues to bless our hearts with full of content. Oh, yeah. Man, oh. There's been a lot this week. We got a we, but we do have a quick hit, ladies and gentlemen. For the first time, in what it feels like to be semesters, the quick hit of the day is that Brock Holt has officially signed with the Milwaukee Brewers, leaving the Boston Red Sox officially. I mean, he he didn't leave us. We just abandoned him, which is, I mean, to lose Mookie Betts and Brock Holt in the same offseason. One of at least one of those guys deserved a lifetime deal. Both all stars. Both all stars. That's just a fact. Both, both all stars, which is both second basemen. Also true. Also by true. trade. How much money did he sign? He only signed. How much money did he sign for? I didn't see that. I just saw that he agreed to terms. All right. Well, my mind is blown that he came over in the Joel Hanrahan trade. All right. That was a, that was the only quick hit. Um, we're not going to talk about it too much. It saddens us, especially him. He actually didn't want to talk about it at all. So that not, that's where we're at. Know. But hey, as we are talking about the Red Sox, let's mm-hmm. dig in on the Red Sox season outlook show. As this will start a series of previews for the upcoming season with predictions. And I feel like the Red Sox, you know, they're our team. We should probably uh, do that do, first. Do. Make it in depth, though. You gotta go down the, get down to the nitty gritty. Um, try to be happy about the upcoming season. I'm kind of happy about the upcoming season. I got myself excited. It's gonna I, be a gritty show for sure when we get when we get down to it. And that's I think that's who we are as people, just getting down and dirty, you know. In the nitty gritty. Yep, the nitty gritty. Dirty. Down and dirty. I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I feel like we're rooting for the Marlins this year, but we're actually. Whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, the way it's gone, it's felt really bad, but it's actually like still a, a very good baseball team. Good. Good's a fair word. Top, I mean, top four in the AL, I would say. Definitely top four in the AL East. I'll give you that. Well, for sure. That's not even a question. <laughs> All right. You want to dig in? You want to dig in? Yeah, let's dig. All right. So, so we're going to do a little predicting just to start off right off the bat. Bang, bang, bang. Let me ask. Okay. Um, um. Oh, are you gonna jump in? I was gonna. I was gonna ask you a question. I. I. 
See, I saw the doc. I know the question, so I was That's just gonna. True, but I, we're trying to be professional here. And you know what? Okay, I just want you to give me a thought of what their record will be this year. Okay, so I'm not smart enough to on the fly do the wins and losses, but I think this is an. I'm actually gonna say it's a 93 win team. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness! So playoffs. Oh, I'm thinking playoffs. Playoffs, like wild card. Yeah, I think I think Chris Sale is back. Uh, uh, not not necessarily uh, uh, like, huh? Nothing. Continue. No, I know we I know we're gonna do that later. But if it's hard for me to explain that without doing like explaining other parts of this, but the offense is still good. I think if Chris Sale, I, you know, he's not a two nine ERA guy, but if he can be in the threes, I think we got a really good shot. And, uh, yeah, I, I just think this offense is going to carry us. They seem pretty, you know, there's plenty of reason to be motivated this season. And, uh, yeah, I just I expect this team to be a lot better than last year. Last year, I feel like everything went wrong, and we still ended up with, what, 84 wins? Yep. So, I, I mean, I don't think that's that crazy. Like, I'm not projecting 100 wins. No, that would be crazy. People forget that the Twins won 101 games last year, and they stink. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they stink. They had zero pitching and about the same offense, and that's probably that's exactly how I expect us to do it, well, is to fair. just mash the ball with a average rotation at best. If we can get lucky, you know, uh, Evaldi stays healthy, is serviceable. If Martin Perez can be, again, serviceable, and then we get more than that out of sale, uh, I think this team all around is is still pretty good. So World Series back on? You know, I'm going to get myself excited for that at multiple <laughs> points in the season. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to go with 85 wins. Oh, ouch. Uh, just missing the wild card. So, yeah, I was going to say this isn't even a... Well, here's the, here's the thing. There's a lot of turnover, especially unexpected turnover. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. They have a lot to prove. Like, they're a determined team this year. Mm-hmm. But we need to take into account that we do not have Alex Cora. We have Ron Ronecki, who has had a successful season or two under his belt. Don't get me wrong. Also, J.D. Martinez, uh, you know, he talked about a little bit today in his press conference. He was talking about how Ronecki really was his right-hand man for right. us and how he would continually go to him. So I feel like at this point, Renicky, he's not Alex Cora, but he's as close as you can get. So. Hey, I'm giving them one more win than last year when they had Mookie Betts and David Price. Just saying. And Alex Cora. And Alex Cora. I just don't think they have enough to get. I mean, who knows? Come trade deadline time, they could acquire a starter such as Trevor Bauer, who's on, ex- on an inspection expiring contract uh, or i wish you didn't else. say that oh, i'm sorry sir uh, no, or, just, or that was gonna a, be that was gonna be a hot take of mine but continue or a marcus stroman who's also on expiring contract like if they are contending right. at the deadline hey who knows mm-hmm. but right now i'm going with 85 wins i'm being real conservative with that i like your 93 take because i do i i can't see that the you talent is there that also means alex verdugo is going to deliver because I feel like this team needs him to deliver in that spot. Because he's not going to make up for all of what Mookie Betts did. No. But he's going to have to be successful if this team's going to be successful. Much yeah. like Andrew Benintendi. 
I'm not necessarily banking on like Verdugo being good in particular. It's more just I think the uh, defense. I mean, the outfield as a whole is going to step up. Like I think I'm with you. That I think Pilar and Bradley platooning will give much more production out of the center field position. Mm-hmm. I I don't think Benny's going to be uh, as as stupidly aggressive as he was last year. He's talked about that how he just. He was he was way too aggressive. Like it was it wasn't helping him, and uh, and I think Verdugo, like I said, for me, he's a move of the six guy. Which you know, he's not a Mookie Betts, but he he'll he'll get on base. He won't strike out. He'll do the the little things and mm-hmm. move it along to the next guy. Which I'm fine with that for a season. You know, I I know we have him for five. <laughs> I'm I'm still kind of hoping we get Mookie next year. But yeah, well. Forget about that. If we did get Mookie next year, I think the outfield would honestly consist of Verdugo, Betts, and Benintendi. But that is not the conversation. That's that's for another time. That's for yeah. another time. We will have uh, that conversation. Oh, we sure will. Mm. Um, so that kind of brings us to the point of buy or sell at the trade deadline. You clearly see them being able to buy because you believe they're a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, you talked about it earlier. I was thinking about this today just randomly. Literally exactly what you said is if this team shows potential, I think the only way I could get all the way in is if we were to trade for Bauer. Not even, I love Strosho. I'd love to sign him, but I don't think he's a move the sticks guy in a sense. Like Bauer, if he in a good year is, you know, that an elite number two behind Sale. And I think if you have uh, Sale, Bauer, Playoff Evaldi, you know Perez. Oh. Perez, I'm not excited for, but he could be like hey. uh, not a Cy Young Rick Porcello year, but like a a similar. He pitches this. He's in a similar spot in the sense that he's you know he throws cutters. He gets the you know he just wants to get the ball down and get the ground outs, and um, that's mm-hmm. something that he'll eat innings, and that's an important you know role, especially considering how bad our bullpen is, which that's my biggest concern, actually. I'm not excited about it's, – it's the back end of the rotation into the bullpen, which I consider the same thing because it looks like we might go with an opener, especially one quick hit we missed was that Taiwan Walker is now a Mariner. So Tough. Yeah, Tough. that was stupid. I'm still hoping now for Danny Salazar. Um, again, another injury-prone guy, but at this point, it's like let's get some guys. Let's try and make this work. I, I don't want to be that guy that said you completely skipped over Eduardo Rodriguez, but you completely skipped over Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, my God. The guy that was, you know, in the Cy Young conversation last year. You just were like, yeah, who cares about him? But that's fine. That's fine. That, me- that means the rotation's actually better than you thought. Yeah, you know what? Um, That was wicked dumb. Uh, Yeah, Sale Bauer and Erod, I'm feeling a lot better than... Evaldi, I'll tell you that much, because that means you could put, you know, realistically, you, you pretty much play with a three-man rotation. We bring playoff Evaldi back in that same like super reliever role. I'm that that's a team. Let's get Bauer right now. Actually, that's where I'm. <laughs> that's where I'm well, at. That's gonna take the Reds to be very bad, which they don't look like they're going to be. But come no. come deadline time, they could be, and they could be selling. So how would you feel about the overall trade? Uh, now, I mean, it's not nothing's going to replace Mookie, but if we, what if we use Downs, let's just say Downs and Wong, and we got Bauer, 
Did that make you feel a lot better, or would that no, make you feel that worse? That would not make me feel better. Because, because okay, what if we we have, we have, we'd have to confirm we're gonna resign Bauer? Yeah, well, we'd have money. We'll have money at that point. Bauer last year was eleven and thirteen with a four point four eight ERA, so he still has something to prove to me. Yes, he, but did you? He see only has sports? one good year. When he went to Cincinnati, everything went wrong. Yes, now he's got his driveline guy. He's um, he also hummed to the ball over center field. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's actually that's why I love Trevor Bauer because yes. every pitcher has wanted to do something like that. And he also I'm more doesn't of a, care, huh? He also doesn't care. Yeah, no, he. I mean, he speaks his mind. I love the guy. I like his his watch momentum things on YouTube. I watch a bunch of those today. I think it's so fascinating to get, you know, into the minds of these guys. You know, Clavenger's a guy. He does a lot of stuff there. He's getting Michael Lorenzen in now that he's with the Reds. I think that stuff is very interesting, and he tries to get, you know, I know Whit Merrifield has been on there. Uh, Tyler Glasnow was on a video they released today. So I like what he's doing with, like, growing the game. That's separate than his, like, playing thing. But, like, I love Bauer as in the fact that he's all about growing the game. You know what I could see as a reasonable trade for Bauer if the time came? Sure, let's hear it. I could see Michael Chavis and Tanner Houck. Package. That would hurt a lot. I feel like Chavis. I don't would... think Chavis would hurt that much leaving us. It depends how Peraza does this year, of course. Yeah, because um, Peraza's set for the starting job. Well, so, here's the thing. We also Peraza... have Pedroia. Per... Okay, sure. <laughs> um, Peraza's a guy that people are like, "Oh, what is this bum? He's no Brock Holt." But he was really good. He was actually way better than Brock Holt two years ago. Uh, he. Honestly, I don't know really what happened last year, but like I, I remember him as a prospect being very excited for him. Uh, it, it was him and Suarez for them, and uh, one of those worked out really well, and the other one is now our utility infielder. I think he worked as a part-time player last year too. I think that really hurt him. Um, but again, because he has two seasons of batting, uh, two. 80 or above, so that's that's exciting, and he's only 26. Yeah, that's the biggest thing, and he was also like a very highly recruited guy, and he he was a prospect for real for a while. Yeah, so let's let's move on. Um, we're going to talk about the players, the lineup, all that good stuff. Uh, this is a question that a lot of people are trying to figure out because last year they they changed us up a bit. One person did not work out well. He's still on the team. So who do you think should lead off for the Boston Red Sox in 2020? Uh, I have two ways to look at this lineup. I think it's going to be Benintendi, and I'd be okay with that. But I also think if you – this isn't – actually, I would go with Benintendi. But I could also see Bogarts working out because he's, he's a high average guy. I think his power lends him more to being a little bit later in the lineup. Um, but if you did have him, Devers, JD, that would still, I would like that one, two, three a lot. I'd prefer it to be Benny, probably Devers, Bogarts, JD, or whatever order you want to do that. Um, what, what's, what do you think? I want to hear the top four for you because I think that matters a lot. Okay. So I've thought about this and the Ben Intendi thing, he's probably going to open the season as the leadoff hitter but that's that's not how i see this and i've i've kind of questioned this a lot because when you look at bogarts when you look at devers and when you look at jd they all have a lot of power 
So I think right. those three are set. Those are my two through four. Right. Um, you can do it any way. I think Bogart should be two, but that's personal preference, really. Yeah, um, me too. So I'm between um, between Benintendi and I'm between Verdugo. And I understand people already despise Alex Verdugo. Yeah. But this guy is a man that doesn't strike out. He hits for average. He can get on base. That's a great point. I feel like putting Benintendi at the five could benefit him because, first of all, he doesn't have to worry about being the guy that gets on base. Mm-hmm. And he can just knock in runs because I do think Benintendi is a lot better player than he showed last year. I know you believe that as well. Actually, yeah, and I like that answer a lot too. I, I, I think. Oh, good to you. Well, I was just gonna say I, I love the idea of like we've talked about uh, on one of these episodes uh, about how Verdugo is such a low strikeout guy and he is he hits for average. He hit two ninety two last year, yeah, two ninety four something like that, mm-hmm. um, and. He's got okay power, but not really. And, you know, I think, yeah, moving Benintendi in the five will be a little weird. I feel like it. it's possible he would probably go to six because you'd have that Moreland, Dahlbeck, Chavis in the five that's thing, fair. like whatever is. I mm-hmm. think that's still, the, we typically put a, a power hitter. It's of like either, I think it would be either Chavis or Moreland for most of the season, the five. Now that you've mentioned, honestly, the, I was trying to figure out again, like you said, I don't really care about the order between Bogarts, Devers, JD. They kind of are very similar to me, uh, except I wouldn't want uh, JD in the two because that's obvious. Right. Um, but the more I think about it, I think Bogarts is actually the, the guy that should be second because yeah. I know Devers, sometimes you put your best hitter as the two. Like I know Trout mm-hmm. and Donaldson used to be the, the two in their lineups for a while. But I like the idea of having JD three. Uh, so I would go Bogarts, JD, Devers, and Maybe, maybe uh, Bogarts, Devers, JD, but uh. mm-hmm. so my perfect lineup, as I was saying, which I liked what you were saying there, is Verdugo one because mm-hmm. Verdugo has to, you know, get better first. Um, people forget stress factor, not great, not great. No. Um. So Verdugo, Bogarts. Uh. Well, I'll go Devers three, but again, doesn't really matter to me. I assume JD's been in the four a lot, and but he's also switched, so can yeah. go either way. Um, Devers, JD. Um, I did like your thought of the first baseman, whoever. So that will be. I wouldn't mind Chavis at the five if it's a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I would put Benintendi against righties at five. Um, then I'll put Moreland, Dahlbeck, whichever one you prefer. Doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I'd put Vasquez, actually. I would give Vasquez slight consideration for six. And that's because he was very good last season. If he can bring that over to this year, I would be very happy with that because, what was he, a 300 hitter, 23 bombs? He was very good. Yeah, Vasquez is one of those guys that he's so good at defense that Mm -hmm. people don't really really talk about it. But he's he's also a very good hitter. Did you just, what did you just say for home runs? Twenty three. That feels super wrong. It's twenty three. I just looked it up. He twenty three home runs last year. Yep. He pimped a lot more than he ever has last year. Um. So I'm thinking Vasquez, and then I think at that bottom spot, it's either Pilar or JBJ. 
I think you keep them so you can turn over yeah. the lineup. Uh, real, real quick, because this just made me think of this. I do remember him now actually breaking his like his like career total, doubling yeah. his career total in like May. But yep. do you know how many career home runs he had um, before the twenty three this year? Ten. Yeah. <laughs> That's. I don't know what's happened to him lately, but he's really evolved as a hitter. Continue. Um. Yeah, but. And then, wait a minute, did I miss a position? Oh, second base. So Peraza, Peraza could go eighth. But if again, if Chavis is there, well, yeah, you didn't really miss anybody because you you talked about you want to do it differently in between lefty righty. Right. So, I think that when it comes to best lineup, you have a very good lineup there. Plain and simple. Yeah. No matter who you put in, you have the lefties and righties to switch it up on a day to day basis. So you never really have a too bad of a weakness. That's why I love the Pilar signing so much. I love it, yeah. And you don't lose much defense out there either, which is great. You don't lose um, any, I would argue. Right. So that that leads me because we were talking about the lineup. We were talking about Devers. Do you think he'll be even better than last year, which is pretty tough because he was incredible, or do you think he'll uh, get a little worse? You know, I think statistically he'll be a little worse. I think I feel like what happens with a lot of these upper echelon guys is that they they kind of do like an every other year thing where like they're still great in their like off years or whatever. I think he'll take a slight dip and then be good again next year. I don't know. I think he'll be about what he was, but I mean projecting you know, we, we talked about how, like, 2018-2019, the team, the roster was almost identical minus the closer, which obviously hurt us. But basically, everything rolled the right way in 2018 and everything rolled the wrong way in 19. And I feel like that's kind of going to happen to Devers just based on probability. Like, I, I think, you know, he, what did he, 295 last year? Um, 311. Oh, wow. All right, well, okay. I think he'll be somewhere around 300 maybe 295 uh, this year. I still think, like I said, I, I think it'll be minimal. I think it'll still be very productive. It'll still be uh, in them running for the three-hitter. But I, I just, I don't know. If he can repeat it, he's a real, like, I mean, we're talking about, like, a Mookie Betts type guy. Yeah. But, like, face of the franchise type. But I just want to see it. So here's my take. You can agree. You can disagree. I think, so he finished 12th in MVP last year. Uh-huh. Pretty good. Yep. I think he enters the top 10 this season. Okay. I think that he gets to 40 home runs this year. He hit 32, but he also led the league in fifty with 54 doubles. He elevates those balls a little more. That's a few more over the fence. Mm-hmm. I think his average from 311 goes down a bit because 311 is incredible. Yeah. For, for a hitter like him, I think that's incredible. I think he does go around like that 295, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I think he does. I don't. I think he'll come second in RBIs to JD, but I think he'll be up there in every category possible for this team. I am a big fan of Devers. I really always have been. I know you have been too. Yeah. And here's a little stat for you. Do you know Devers ranked as one of the second best defender on the team last year? Ranked as one of the second best. He's ranked as the second best. He oh. was behind Mookie. That's yeah. That's nuts. I did and, notice like, run saved or something. Oh, yeah. You know what? I actually did see that because I remember seeing that in 18, he had a negative seven defensive run saves. And yeah. in 19, he had a seven. Yeah. Positive. So I think all of that com- combined can bring him to a top 10 MVP finish. 
Yeah, and I don't think that's crazy at all. Obviously, I'm rooting for it. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I mean, I hope you're right, and I, I think that's totally valid. I feel like that's something that people don't realize with the Mookie trade is that, yes, that hurt a lot. He was a franchise guy. But we are so lucky that I think Devers is the next franchise guy. Until yeah. Mookie comes back and then we have two of them. But that's that's another conversation for another day. Yeah, again, we're going to probably hint at that. <laughs> we'll probably say that once an episode, no matter what the topic is. And then, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just how it's going to go. I hope Mookie bats like 260 this year again. He's like, ah, I hate LA. You got to go back. It seems like he's having a good time. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, the pictures were good. He looked like he was having fun. And how do you not? I, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> You're in L.A. with a team that could easily, legitimately win 110 games. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I will say, though. A little too much hype on that team. Yep. Yep. That means they're not going to win the World Series. You know who was like a lock to win? And this is a weird comparison. But you know who was a lock to win the Final Four last year? It was Duke. They had Zion. They had the top, what, three picks? Yeah. Uh, or top four picks. To three, three out of the top four. four. Yeah. But Ja in there. Uh, they opened the season projected to have the top three. Point is, they had some guys, okay? They were, on paper, by far the best team. But, you know, it just didn't didn't go their way. And, uh, I don't know, people are just a little too excited for that team, I think. <sighs> I will say, though, the Dodgers have, like, zero weak points. <laughs> Here, yes, but that could change quick. And here's my thing, okay? And this is where I'm at. Just to say, I still think it's a very good team. Here's all I'll say. Right now, if you gave me the odds, the field versus the Dodgers World Series title, I'm taking the field. That that's fair. That's yeah. <laughs> that's very fair. Um, all right, let's move ahead real quick. Okay. Um, I'm gonna give you two quick over unders. So these are career averages. Mm-hmm. Um, so JD home runs forty and a half. That's that's his uh, average for his seasons with the Red Sox. Really? Wow. Uh, pretty good. Yes, that is very good. That's that's very good. Uh, I'm going to – I think I'm going to take a slight under as much as I hate to say that. That's fair. That's fair. I, I was thinking around 38, 37. Right, yeah. And then uh, let me give you this one, which is this sad, but this is Ben Benintendi's career average, 277. Oh, that's up. Yeah, that's uh, – okay. We're, I uh, think we're that's in a- agreement. I do think that's about what he is career-wise, yeah. but, like... It is. That's his career average. No, but I mean, like, I'm, like, projecting. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean like, projecting yeah. towards 270 is what I see him hitting most years, but that's not bad. Like, people, that that is... There's nothing wrong with 277. All right. Um, so, we talked a little about Verdugo earlier. What do you have for expectations on him? I know uh, after his um, interview the other day, you weren't... Still sold on him. I was all in. The guy was absolute goober. And he also said he's going to cry if he sees David Ortiz. So I was like, oh, how do you not like this guy? I I just think he's annoying. Uh, not necessarily the press conference, but if you saw him talking to uh, Erod about his car. And did you see what he showed up looking like? He, he yeah, looked like a straight-up clown with a fanny pack. And yeah. I mean, it, he looked ridiculous. And I just think this guy... Um, I don't know. I I don't. I think he's a moron. I I really do. I, That's fair. I think as a player, like I'm not like, like I've talked. I think he's a talented baseball player. I just 
He's not the most likable guy. I don't think people on I don't think he'll be received well here. You know, he's he's got the LA attire. It doesn't really translate to well, here. Well, here's here's what I'll say. When he's hitting three hundred and gets near twenty home runs, talk to me then. I mean, David Price won us a World Series, and everybody. This is true. This is true. I like yeah. David Price, and you like David Price. That's yeah. That's also I, true. My whole point is, I need you to get on the Verdugo train. It'll happen. It'll happen in due time. I I mean, I guess I hope it does, but I also again, I think he's a good baseball player. I think he's quite annoying, and and like I don't know, as a person, I'm not sure. I'm not you, sold. You know what? I know you're sold on. Red Sox prospects. Yeah. Some yeah. of them. Not all of them. Some of them. I So I started a series. Uh, I did do – so I did Chatham last night, and I did Dahlbeck today um, where I cover these prospects. I want to do the ones that I think are going to make it in 2020. And I might do a few others that are, like, pretty close, guys like Mata who, like – you know, if a couple guys go down or he really accelerates, can make it, but he's more like a 2021 guy. Uh, but that, that's not the point. Uh, do you have specific guys in mind to throw at me? Um, I I feel like Dahlbeck is the main guy right now yep. that is going to receive the call. So we'll start with him. Yeah. So we, I know we briefly talked about it before. We have differing opinions. Uh, my problem with Dahlbeck is that. I don't know if you know this, but he hit 239 last year. Yeah, not and, an average guy. And, and I, I know he's not, but like to me, if you're not an average guy, you're not an MLB guy. Like you're, I mean, you can hit 260 and and have that power, but 239, that's I mean, that's very low. That is that is garbage. That's Jackie Bradley Jr. garbage. Like, and he doesn't have. He's a solid defender. He's I would say he's slightly above average, but he's he's not, you know, Nolan Arenado with the hot corner. Could I give you a for, re- for reference? Sure. Joey Gallo batted 240 in the minors. Yeah, I Joey Gallo is, I mean, not somebody I would be – I don't want to say I – You would I love would, the absolute bombs he would hit. <laughs> I here's the thing. I like Joey Gallo as someone in the MLB. I wouldn't want him on my team. That's fair. He's probably infuriating. Yeah, I mean the guy. Here's here's what bothers me. Again, I I just said it, but it's not just. It's the whole. He batted two thirty nine last year. He also is going to be hovering if he gets a full season, in which I don't think he will. But he's he's roughly he's going to be like a league leader in strikeouts. But what I wrote about in the um. The article where I broke him down is I said, uh, Bobby will hit some tape measure shots at any level. The issue is that, is that he could simultaneously lead that league in strikeouts. So it's like I don't doubt the power. The power is, is undoubtable. It's uh, They gave him a 60-hit tool on the 2080 scale, and uh, he's he can match up power-wise with any prospect in baseball right now. I, I just – I don't think his all-around skill set uh, is is there. And and he and if he was twenty, I'd be more on his side. But he's already twenty-four years old. I think he's a fairly developed product, and so I don't see that they've been waiting for years for him to to for his contact uh, skill to like develop. But he just hasn't figured it out. So I my problem is I like we've talked about a little bit. 
I think he is a copy of Chavis. And although I love Chavis, I think Chavis having two of rookie Chavis is not good. And I think the difference is that Chavis still has the ability to elevate. Like I, I think he'll strike out still a good amount next year, but I think he'll take a step forward and I think his average will go up and he'll start making contact more overall. With Dahlbeck, I, I just don't see it coming around. I think he is a Joey Gallo. I think that's a perfect comp. As for, but I think that's his ceiling, you know? Yeah, I got you. No, I, I understand that. I mean, all I expect from Dahlbeck is 25 home runs, 25-30. Nothing. But, yeah. of course, you're going to have the strikeout problems. You're going to have the contact problems. But that's the new baseball world we live in. So he will fit just – he'll fit right in. The Red Sox are lucky not to have a guy like that. Yeah, I mean – Except for Chavis, of course. Yeah, but Chavis, again, is a guy I think with – especially with J.D. as a mentor, will develop into a, a very strong hitter. I think he's a guy that, you know, Devers struck out a lot too in the beginning. Yep. If you remember early, early on, this is a while ago, Bogarts could not hit an off-speed pitch to save his life. You could just throw him a slider six times and it'd be it'd, it'd be over. So Isn't that was I think, his wrist problems. Well, yeah, there, there was that later, but I think <laughs> like we're talking about like fourteen, fifteen. Uh, I think that's mostly was just that he couldn't figure it out. Like you can you can say what you want about the wrist, but the pitch selection. You know, if you're swinging yeah. at a ball that's three feet out of the zone, that's that's not your yeah. your injury. My my point is just I I believe in Chavis as a hitter. I think he will develop, especially in that power. Uh, I don't know what they graded him in the minors, but I mean he's got like manny power as far as like oh, when yeah. he does connect. That's I mean it's an unbelievable swing. I, With Dahlbeck, I mean, like again, I'm I'm excited for him. I think the power is really going to surprise people. Like even though we've been hearing about it, I think he he has an incredible amount of power. And when same thing with him, when he connects, it's it it goes. But yeah, I just I just don't. I think, yeah, he could be a Joey Gallo, but he also could be a Jock Peterson. And that's, you know, not someone I'm going to get excited about as a prospect. He can be Ooh. valuable to the team, but everyone's hyping him up as the, the number one guy, and he's not. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um. So we're going to move quickly through these three. I just want a few brief thoughts. Uh, CJ Chatham. Love him. Absolutely love him. I I, so I my thing is people were talking about Dahlbeck uh, making the opening day roster. I wrote another thing I wrote in those articles is that I think that he, Dahlbeck will have a similar path as Chavis last year. I think he'll come up probably at some point in May. I think they'll put him in the minors for for about a month because he only had about thirty games in Triple uh, A, exactly thirty games, and he's not like a Benintendi top top prospect. So I think they will uh, give him a little time there. And I think Chatham's a guy that could come up before him. He could beat him in the majors. Fair. Um, as far he, as you want me to talk about his skill set or anything, obviously I um, think that's kind of important. You just say like what to expect from him, really. Because that's yeah, kinda... so, first of all, middle infielder. He's already 25, but I think he's – what I like about Chatham is that he's uh, he's a big contact guy. He's a 298 career hitter in the minors, and uh, he – he hits well at every level, about the same. He's a very low home run guy. Like, we're talking, like, 5 to 10 in a full season. I don't think he's ever actually hit double digits anywhere. But his doubles actually are, like, he, he had, like, 30-something doubles last year. Like, I think he has power. 
It's just he doesn't have home run power right now, and if he gets a, just a smidge better, I think he could turn a lot more of those into home runs. But, hey, I'll take a second baseman that hits me 30-something doubles a season. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you could talk a little about Jeter Downs. I mean, we've done that extensively the past couple weeks. Um, but you can, of course, say how you feel about him now that he's in the system. Yeah, uh, I, I like him. Like I said, I've kind of come around on him lately. But I don't expect to see him this year because our middle infield depth is is there. I mean, we have obviously got Bogarts starting it short, but then now we're dealing with Chavis Peraza and that is that a ruse? I don't know how to say that the guy from Houston's name, but he he's in this in there. I think Chatham uh, isn't nearly as high as a prospect, but I think he would make it before Downs because Downs is what twenty. Yeah, I think I think Downs has one more year. Uh, he's twenty one now. I think he has one more year of seasoning. Can yeah, uh, be on the roster him, next year. I expect him to come up in twenty twenty one, unless yeah. he just gets completely, uh, you know, stopped by like Chavis turning into a Devers or something. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think Chavis can be the first baseman next year. Anyways, I thought he could have been it this year, but you know. Well, Ch- Things change with Moreland, but Moreland's also have injury problems. So Moreland's signed a two-year deal. This is true. This is true. But yeah, he's not really. Isn't there a club option for next year? Uh, I'm not sure on the details, but uh, also he kind of is like a platoon guy anyway. True, true. He certainly wouldn't stop Chavis from uh, getting at bats if he would if Chavis was developing true. correctly. And uh, my last one, which is the prospect that everyone's excited for. Not not gonna be this year, but could be oh. as early as next year somehow. Uh first ra- first round pick of last year, Tristan Cassis. Oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going with that at first because I was like, we don't have any good prospects. Uh, yeah, Cat. He's Cassis is a guy that you know he's on the top one hundred at nineteen years old, and I think he's exciting. It's a guy that he could be the future at first base, uh, but or maybe even DH, I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does in the spring training, I'm excited to follow him during the season, but I don't expect him for at least two years, I mean, yeah. he could he could technically make it next year if he really goes off this year and has a, at some point next year he could make it, follow that like Devereux career arc, but I actually, I talked about this with my dad today, and, and I mentioned how, you know, Devers was signed at like 16 and he was playing major league baseball at 17 against a bunch of 20 year olds. So, and then during that time span for Cassis, he was still in high school. So he was at, and he was at like a top high school, actually fun fact, Chatham and Cassis went to the same high school. They were years apart, but uh, 25 and 19, but they, that is like a big farm school for, for prospects. But yeah, that's just not, I, I think he needs way more seasoning. He start. He ended last year strong, though. So I'm excited about him in general, just not anytime soon. I I think this year will be no. Don't get me wrong. This year will be full minors, but I do think he could make a leap surprisingly to double A by the end of the year. Yeah. And then then the next year is wide open towards the end of the season, more so. I think. He also not that this matters a ton, but you know they do those mid-season prospect lists, and I'm, I'm he has a chance to really jump that scale and yeah. maybe the top fifty. He was, he, I know he opened at seventy-seven. He might be able to catch up to Downs if he has another, or if he yeah. has a 
an, uh, a really good half. Well, he keeps moving up. That's that's what's good for Red Sox fans to understand. Yeah. Uh, so um, we'll jump into the rotation real quick. You already touched on this earlier, so I'll I'll take this yeah. off. Uh, will Chris Sale return to ace form? My answer is a simple yes. Okay, I, good. Not – I think – so he's very, like – he he t- he tells you how it is, mm-hmm. and he made that very clear yesterday. We're gonna get into this later. Uh, well, no, we're not because that's a little different from what he said. But he said, "Do you think I was cheating last year? Absolutely not, because I stunk." That's pretty much what he said, <laughs> which he did. He was not good last year. That's why everyone's scared. But that was a lot of that probably was to do with injury. Um, I do think that Chris Sale will return to form this year. Will he win a Cy Young? Probably not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he'll ever. And this is sad, but I don't. I don't expect him to ever be the 2018, 2017 no. for sale. But I do think he will be back to an ace form, just not like a, you know, elite elite arm. Right. Give me. Uh, give me two ninety ERA. He's always going to strike out a bunch of people. That's something he kept doing last year, despite these struggles. Yeah. Uh, he had a high strikeout numbers. So we're both in agreement that he's going to return to ace form. Um, someone that will they return to form? Do they actually have a form? Nathan Eovaldi. Uh, you know, he's a guy I don't I don't get too excited about, honestly. I, he's just one of those guys where it's like, and, and this is different because of the contract and because of our lack of depth. But I almost think of him as like, you know, how I talked about signing a Walker and Salazar and saying if he helps, great. If he doesn't, whatever. Right. Um, I'm not expecting a lot for Eovaldi. I just, I really just hope he can pitch some uh, meaningful innings because, I mean, if he goes down, I mean, we're already looking at an opener if, as it stands right now. So we really can't afford another two months of elbow injections or whatever. I'm with you. Um, I do think Eovaldi could be an innings eater this year. That would be the perfect role for him if he could take on that job. Because I, like you said, I don't expect him to be a top of the line pitcher. If he could even try to fill that Porcello role that Porcello had for the past few years, which we are going to miss extremely, I, th- I would be happy with that. I do think Perez is going to help with that a lot. Uh, he might have a five ERA doing so, but <laughs> he can at least, you know, stay healthy and make all those starts and, and get semi deep into the games. Mm-hmm. If he gets pulled, it's going to be for production, not so much, uh, you know, pitch count. Like he's not going to do the whole clay buckouts, throw a hundred pitches in four innings and then be out of there. Hey, 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 hey. Free um, agent clay buckouts. Yeah. He could, he could come back. Probably not. Uh, um, Okay, and this is the last piece of the Red Sox news. You're welcome, everyone. Well, kind of. Bullpen. We talked about this a little bit earlier. That's what you're most scared about. Reasonably so, because that is the downfall of last <laughs> season, plus the rotation being hurt and whatnot. But it was mostly the bullpen blowing so many games. If they blow half of the games, we are a playoff team. So do you believe this? It all starts with Brandon Workman. Do you think he will remain the closer all year long? Yeah, barring injury, I do. I think he has, you know, I, he, I'm not 
like thrilled with him as as a closer, but he was actually very good last year. Uh, I'd, I'd prefer him him and Barnes to make like a power setup combo, but yeah, if he has to take the ninth inning, um, I'm I'm okay with that. I trust him when he rolls in there. I'm not like. He was incredible last year, actually. Yeah, I mean, he was better than Chapman, who was an all-star, one reliever of the year, whatever, that garbage. Uh, but, again, that's the whole, like, they want to give it to a contender. Right. That's stupid. That's a side tangent. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like Workman in that role. Uh, I think Barnes is going to have a big comeback year, and that's going to help a lot. Hembry, you know, is a guy that, I've always had mixed reactions to, but he's honestly a solid reliever that, you know, he, he can be a fine middle reliever. He's probably going to be the seventh guy. One thing I will say about the bullpen, we've, I mean, every team does this in spring training, but it seems like we've done this with a little bit more of a purpose is we have added a bunch of uh, non-roster just random guys to, that yeah. hopefully can have a hot, you know, minute and 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 succeed. You know, uh, Marcus Walden was incredibly hot at the beginning of the season until he kind of went back to average or whatever. But, you know, if we can get somebody like that, they, I mean, they added, if you look, there's like six or seven lefties that they're just hoping gets hot and can challenge Josh Taylor for the only lefty in the rotation spot, uh, which, you know, I'm, I'm honestly just hoping that we can get like, you know, 2018, we, we were able to get Ryan Brazier to just get unbelievably hot uh, last year. Like obviously our closer screwed us and he fell off later, but Marcus Walden was very good at the beginning of the season. I'm hoping we can get hit on one or two of the guys that, you know, can kind of just randomly be clutch and get on a hot streak, and then having Barnes and Workman be consistent and Hembry be consistent, but you know, a tier below those guys. I mean, it's a good point. Heim, like you said, Heim went out of his way to add a lot of these like nitpicky relievers that aren't great. Like he added Austin Bryce, who last year pitched right. in 36 games, 3.43 RA, so that's not bad. For this bullpen, yeah, and um, um oh, real quick, I was just gonna say one thing about Barnes. He had a tough June that would like killed his ERA and his season yeah. stats. But him and Workman were two out of three guys that uh, were in the top three for strikeouts in the AL as, uh, for relievers. So those guys are gonna be leaned on heavily, and you know, I just hope they don't get burned out. So I'm probably one of very few that actually feel decent about the the bullpen. Um, I like the big three I think that they're going to have this year, which is Workman, Barnes, and Darwins and Hernandez. Oh, I completely forgot to mention him. I loved what he showed last year, and I did think when I saw him start a game, he started the one game I went to last year. He looked good. He Like, he throws hard. He looks good. I think he'll be even better out of the bullpen, which is where they're putting him this year. Like, that's a fact. Um, yeah, which I kind of wish they would let him start. Maybe though he possible that he becomes the opener, and then they might stretch true. him out. A little. That's true. I I do think that he can d- give you innings because he does have that starter. Um, like he came up as a stamina, starter. right? Um, so like you said, could he be a super reliever that we have asked for for so many years? Maybe. 
We don't know. Darwinson's a very unproven guy. Yeah, but, that's why I didn't put him in my high expectations list. But he's, but I he's not on my, he's not on my. He, well, I'm sorry, we just talked over each other. But I was gonna, just gonna say, like, he's my number one reliever to watch, obviously. Uh, so I think him, if he is as good as I think you project him to be, uh, that could make a big difference. But it's gonna come down to his accuracy. He's either going to be, um, you know, elite because he can. He has a Chris Sale slider and, and honestly, a Chris Sale fastball if he could just yeah. control it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't trust him as a. I, I think he's I, pretty inaccurate. I have a lot of hope for him because he's had a whole offseason. They gave him innings last year. So he's had that major league taste. That's mm-hmm. something that is really helpful going forward. So that's why I think he can become that third of the big three because, like you said, Barnes is going to be good again. He was good last year except for that one month. Mm-hmm. And we're, and Workman was stellar. Do I think Workman will see a little uh, – I don't think he's going to have a 1.88 ERA again. But yeah. I think yeah. he can be solid. And I don't need I don't necessarily need one of them to be the certified closer. If, if you remember in the World Series or that World Series run, Barnes came in when we needed him most. Yeah. So – I'm fine if that's what we go with. Like, if we need Workman in the eighth because it's the it's the three, four, five, I am fine with that. I don't need a necessarily closer like Kimbrell who only could come in the ninth. No, I, I agree with that. Um, I would, though, like to see somebody kind of take that mantle, and I think it is Workman for now, but I, I'm okay with, you know, like we always use Kimbrel just in the ninth. We might use Workman in a, in a high leverage situation, then he might not be available the next day, and Barnes closes it. That's totally cool with me. I do not want a closer by committee because they're all kind of got like a seventy five percent chance of doing it. Like right. I, I would prefer if somebody would just take the job, kind of nail it down. Obviously, I mean I think that's Workman, but right. I am okay with using him in high leverage situations in the eighth. Yeah, so I just on. think that's what Barnes is for, and yeah. and Embry can kind of do that. And if you think Hernandez is gonna uh, develop, I have a lot then of high hopes for Darwinson. He just needs to get his whip down. He allows yep. way too many hits and walks, and that's I mean, so there. does Brandon Workman. He gives up a lot of walks. Yeah, no, I hate that. <laughs> much like Kimbrel, if he makes it scary, but he, he yeah. ends up getting the job done, and he only has one inning to work with. With Hernandez, you're talking about like he's a normal reliever, so sure, that ruins games. I do think Darwinson again has that potential to be a shutdown reliever, but we will we will see in due time. Mm-hmm. And that is that is all we have for the Red Sox. is It's the exciting season, despite being without Mookie Betts and David Price, because there's a lot of uncertainty, but good uncertainty. Um. Do you have any last things about the Red Sox? Um, that we won't say next week, <laughs> just because that's our team. It's never going to go away. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I'm. I feel I'm pretty good. I think I got pretty much everything out of my system. Uh, I just hope they add one more starter. That's all. I just yeah. I just if they had traded Mookie earlier, I think that they could have gotten somebody like a Batantis and a starter, and that would have made a massive difference. But this is the situation we're in. So, speaking of that trade, uh, wow. 
we're not really done. Went to Red Sox talk. No, no, we're not. I forgot you put this under MLB, which is fair because he's no longer Red Sox. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I'm just glad this happened. But if you saw it, Mookie Betts did like this whole. Uh, it was uh, what I liked about it. It was a goodbye to Boston and uh, kind of a, a introducing himself to LA. And I just thought that was so cool the way he just. I mean, he narrated it. It was it was interesting. He stuck. Clearly took a, a lot of time and worked on this, um, but I, I thought it was a very cool way to to just kind of be like, hey, like I love Boston, uh, and you guys treated me great, and now I'm gonna go continue to ball out, and I'm, I'm, I'm as much as I'm sad to leave, I'm still excited to play for another great team. Yeah, I was a big fan of the video. It was it was the from title town to title town. He was showing all the wins. Right, right. Um, Kobe, you're never gonna cheer against Mookie Betts. That's just something that we all will accept. Yeah, unless this he is, ends up as a Yankee somehow. That, it, correct. But yeah. I don't think that's what Mookie Betts is all about. I'm fine if he doesn't come back to the Red Sox. I'm fine if he stays a Dodger for life for the rest of his career. Um, I won't be fine. I won't blame him, I'll, but I'll still be like... No, no, that's, well, that's not what I meant. I, I meant know. as in, I will... I, I'd rather that than, like, him go to some irrelevantly terrible team. Yeah, like, he just um, goes like, to, like, the Angels or something. Hey, Forget about hey, the imagine that. Oh. That would be... Oh. Um, but, yeah, I did... I am agreeing with you. The video was awesome. Yeah. So you want to get into the not so awesome? I mean, I think it's awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say it, it's entertaining. Uh, we got to be kind of like let, let's try and be a little bit more efficient with our time here. I will never be efficient. This is a lot of hate, but yeah, I know what you yeah. Mean. I I mean, I'm at the point where I I thoroughly enjoy the fact that the MLB is in the news every day, and that this is a way better story than a typical spring training, but. You know, this this Astros thing just keeps on chugging. And, uh, yeah, Correa said some things, and it kind of kind of put himself in a hole, I feel. Uh, I didn't – I liked what he said the first day, where he just kind of said, Beltran's a nice dude, didn't hurt us. Uh, he, You know, I didn't feel – none of us felt intimidated and that this was our decision. And he should have just stopped right there, but he didn't. Uh, the the second day was super dumb when he got all upset about Bellinger and broke down the fact that you know we actually won that the 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 really dumb thing is he said he won that World Series fair and square, which yeah. is just not true. Yeah, that was bad. That was yeah. bad. Because Bellinger, like the whole the whole thing behind the Bellinger complaint was the Dodgers won't stop complaining. Which was fair because they were the main target, and no one knows if they cheated in the World Series or not. I believe the Wall Street Journal said they did. Uh, you talking nineteen? Twenty seventeen. Oh, Yeah, they said. Yeah. In fact, I don't even understand this, but I did see that they cheated on the road too. But they really had it honed in at home. I don't really know how you could. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about that one. I mean, well, I guess if you have like the replay room, you could. I don't know. You, you could, but no, because the MLB officials are there yeah. for the World Series. I'm not really sure, but regardless, yeah. um, the thing about 2019 is, and Glaber Torres actually said this, but like, 
that you know Correa keeps saying it was just seventeen. It was just seventeen, but that's not true. Like even proven all, fact, actually. What? Proven fact. Like there is sources that say that is not true at all. Right, but I mean, even I mean, you can't. Like we don't really have all of this is is just uh, speculation based on like a lot of. You know, I mean, like obviously they were cheating, but like we don't, we I, we don't have all the facts. I, I don't think we will, and for another like twenty years until one of them does like a tell-all documentary or something. But, uh, and I think that will happen at some point. But my point is just that Glaber was saying, oh yeah, I'm sure they just yeah they just cheated in seventeen. They were okay with doing it in seventeen, and then they cleaned it up after that. Like in twenty nineteen, they just kind of said, you know what, like we're not doing it the right way. If you're willing to change your ethics for the game and and you have success with it you're not going to then say okay let's do this the right way like you've already broken that code and you had success with it so why would you then just stop what like you clearly are okay with doing it like if you had a problem with it you wouldn't have done it Mm -hmm. my problem i want to go on a little rant about jose altuve quickly um you know jose altuve is a guy that I'm really disappointed in him because he says he didn't want to use it, whatever, but they were, they were using it. And, uh, that's a guy that what bothers me is, is this is a kid that was smaller than everyone else that had to try out for Houston. Like he literally had to go to a tryout. Didn't make it on day one, came back day two. He scrapped his way into the league. Carlos Correa. I understand has been good his whole life. He was a first-round pick. He was unbelievably talented. He's always been good. He's not thinking about the relief pitcher that he knocked out because they dropped eight runs on him. But someone like Jose Altuve, imagine if he had come up and somehow the pitchers had an equal advantage. I mean, I don't know how to do that logistically, but whatever. They have that much of an advantage over uh, the hitters. And he comes in for his first series, and he strikes out nine times in that series. Doesn't get sent back, uh, get, just gets sent back down. Maybe he doesn't make it again. He's thinking at least for a couple years until this comes out, I'm not good enough. And now the MLB is being robbed of an MVP caliber player. And the, granted, tainted, whatever, he's still a great player. He could hit for real. And, uh, you know, for that individual, it's like, man, I really just am not good enough to play at the MLB level. And that's what it was for these people that, that had been weighing on at least a few relievers for years and, and obviously starters too, but I think it's mostly you think of that, you know, 24 year old relief pitcher that just got a shot and then gets rocked and sent down. People have talked about that, but I feel like somebody like Altuve who has scrapped his way throughout his entire career to get to this point, should know better than anyone that like an advantage like that could legitimately kill someone's career who is good enough to play at this level. I mean, that was the perfect rant. Yeah, because that's a, that's a guy I looked up to, so, you know, yep. five, six. It, it's, it's difficult to look at these guys in any other way besides tainted. You mm-hmm. use that word, tainted, and everything they've done is, to me, is now tainted. Yeah, and, like, Altuve, for me, was, like, he was a guy I obviously looked up to because physically we were similar. Like, he's a guy that I I met face-to-face in 2015, and I looked him right in the eyes, and it made me feel like, you know, okay, like, it's 
Like, I might not be good enough to make it in the majors, which obviously I wasn't, but, like, it's not going to be because I'm short. You know, there, right. there were other genetic issues with, like, fast twitch muscles, not being able to throw hard enough, whatever. But he, he's a guy that, for young guys, you know, like Stroman, it, it, they're, yeah. he, they're important, and, and they might not realize it. But I feel like Altuve has shared his story for the young guys, and I would assume he did that because, you know, he wanted to be an inspiration for, for the guys that are, are being doubted and might not think they can do it. And then to go and do this, that just kind of that tarnishes everything, especially because it could knock out players that looked up to him. So that annoyed me. Like I I is obviously Correa is like he is the bottom of the MLB right now. He's probably the most hated player in the league, I'd say. Um and I, I mean, but that that at least I get, you know, he he was yeah. always been good, but I don't know that that's just Altuve can't do that. It, it's uh, last thing on Altuve. It's sad because 2014 and 15, he showed the world that, like you said, he was talented enough to play baseball no matter what his size. He had silver sluggers in both of those years. These are the two years that, on record, we know they didn't cheat, supposedly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to believe they didn't cheat these years. Well, that was before That was right. before Hinge Cora, not yeah. that Cora was whatever, everybody. He was MVP, and he was 13th in MVP and 10th in MVP. Then when the cheating came in, supposedly in 2016, he finished in third and then first. Yeah, and I think third he might not have. No, but... That first one, the when he won it, it that you lose all of that, yeah. and let's dig into the rest. Everyone, everyone seems to be coming out about this. The Justin Turner thing today about Rob Manfred Love was incredible. That. Um, we uh, we we won't do that yet. We'll talk about the Astros as a whole because we'll Manfred will be last. Um, so Chris Bryant, I I uh, did I send this to you originally, or did I just say I love what Chris Bryant said? Uh, I think I think you sent it to me, but regardless, I've seen it on TV yeah, multiple times it, on Twitter. It was fantastic. And the thing about Chris Bryant is he is a former MVP. Mm-hmm. So he he ha- has what it takes to show that he's a great baseball player. He didn't cheat, as we, we think. We don't know. We don't know what other teams have possibly cheated. I don't right. think you certainly would not have this stance. Right. I mean, you would be... You would be quiet if if you were doing anything remotely yep. similar. Like this isn't a guy. I mean, that's when you're on your heels. Like that's mm-hmm. why I think the whole buzzers thing has some uh, credibility. Just because right now, that well, at least for a long time, the Astros were very quiet. Right. So we don't have the Chris Bryant quote here, but that is something that I that was my favorite. Besides what happened today. I think he really hit it on the mm-hmm. dot of what they did, how they were honestly it was mishandled by the entire league office. Yeah. They should have got a worse treatment. Like they're giving more time to the Red Sox one, which a lot of people are saying there's nothing behind. Yeah, I'm at the point where I'm not even No, I'm not worried. I think we could get uh almost deflategated in a sense where it's like you couldn't find anything, but we've spent so much time looking, and we've made it public, so we're going to give you something. Mm-hmm. I'll be pissed if they give us a slap on the wrist if they can't find anything. 
If yeah. they do the whole more probable than not BS again, I mean, granted, different league, but I mean, that's right. I mean, I, I just I'm afraid that's going to happen. I think uh, there will be some stupid like we lose a draft pick or get fined or something yeah. because of rumors. I'm with you. Um, you want to take this Chris Sale quote? You're the pitcher. I feel like it's only right. Um, yeah, I can do that. Um, so Chris Sale said uh, he was talking about uh, the ALDS in 2017. And he said, I was very surprised how good they were hitting my breaking balls and fastballs in Houston. Uh, now that everything is out, it makes more sense. For the record, he was 17-8 and eight with a 2-9 ERA. And uh, he went into that start and got absolutely shelled. And, uh, yeah, I think he was he was clearly uh, very upset. And uh, I think that's completely fair. I like how he was just kind of like, look, people are going to handle it. Another quote, not directly, but he was basically just like, there are, people are going to take this into their own hands and they'll handle it how they handle it. And I don't <laughs> think there's a right or wrong. Like, he's basically saying... You know, I kind of feel – the way I feel is just like no headshots other than that. Uh, is th- going to get plunked. I think a stern uh, pitch at the back is the perfect. Somewhere where it's going to sting, but you won't hurt the guy, you know? Yeah, I think uh, – You won't, like, injure the guy, I should say. Yeah, I think Correa is going to have a lot of bruises on his uh, front side of his – you know, see, it'd be, that'd be his left side. I think uh, I think the big three are gonna have a gonna get hit a bit. Well, here's the thing. I think it would have been kind of uh, pick your poison, but I think the way Correa has handled yeah. the last few days, I think he has put himself at the forefront. Yeah, but Bregman's not saying anything at all, so he definitely deserves to get hit. Yeah, but I think that's better. I think that's. I don't of, think so. You think I, that's better than what Correa's okay, doing, which is defending. It's better it. than what Correa's doing, but. He should be what Altuve's doing, in the sense that I don't. Yeah, but to keep just trying to dig more, he had to do. Did he end up doing that like thing where he showed his tattoo and? and I don't know if I saw comment? that. I just it's all bad. It's yeah. all bad. I think those three will get hit a lot. I agree. Correa is going to get hit the most, and I feel like the league, aka Manfred, didn't really care until I feel like. The man that stepped out today to talk about this was the one that you needed. And, of course, that was Mike Trout, who you and me have often said is possibly going to be the greatest baseball player of all time. He is the best player in the game right now, by far. Like, substantial margin. And I don't get me wrong, Mookie Betts is great. But here's what Mike Trout had to say. They cheated. I don't agree with the punishment. Lost respect for some of those guys. And then he said... Going up to the plate, knowing what's coming, that would be a lot of fun. See, he he had a he had a fun joke with it because again, he is the best in the league. Yep. And Marcus Stroman said, if Trout knew, he'd bat between seven fifty and nine ninety nine. So I agree. The league gets it. Yep. Like if you give if say if everyone had this chance, which clearly the Angels haven't because the Angels have not been good. No. It would be incredible to think, but again, that's not the point here. Having Trout speak out against this is hurts the league because Trout doesn't really speak about anything. No, and I love <laughs> and people have been talking about it, especially like MLB Network. You know, this is the first issue where 
everyone speaking up. And I think the difference is people were trying to compare it to the steroid era, how nobody really spoke. But I think the difference is that the, you know, you're, you don't know who's taking steroids. You don't know how many teams have players with steroids. You could be the starting shortstop of a team and you really don't know how many guys around you are taking steroids unless they can, they tell that to you in confidence with this. It was much more of like a, look, we know who's cheating and we're going to speak out against this wrongdoing. And and it's, you know, now that it's, it, it, this isn't like, unlike steroids, this can be stifled, I think. So it's not something where like with steroids, it was like one, it became a anyone can do it thing. And then once it got into its prime, it almost became like, I might be super against steroids, but it's either this or I'm a waiter. You know, like some of those guys just they were fringe guys regardless. And then when you add steroids to the other players, they weren't going to make it. So they had to break their morals if they really wanted to make it, which that's a completely different thing. But I think what's what is worth mentioning is just the fact that this is different in the sense that they they can target their problem Mm -hmm. this time. Pedro perfectly said this on uh, over winter weekend, I believe he was asked about steroids versus Right. Um, this and he said, even if they're taking steroids, you could still beat them with your stuff. Yep. When they know what's coming, that's a completely different animal. But you know what, too, is it's funny you mentioned that because I actually meant to mention this when you you mentioned Strowman, yeah, and he had that today. But a while ago, when all this stuff really started unfolding, uh. He posted a video of there was a really bad. Uh, I think there was like twenty four bangs in one game, uh, trash can bangs, and it was one of the Strowman starts. And he still only gave up like three runs through seven or six, yeah. maybe six, whatever. But I think what he said earlier was very uh, interesting, and it very it goes along perfectly with what Pedro said. Is he was like, I remember this game like I couldn't believe that they were laying off like some of these sliders and, and some of his off speed stuff. Cause he was basically saying like, I was throwing some filthy, you know, off speed <laughs> pitches and, and they just wouldn't even spit at it. Like they were, mm-hmm. they were just, they were just sitting back. They had no interest and they knew, obviously they knew exactly what was coming, but he, he remembers being just mind blown. And then after he left, some of the other relievers got absolutely shelled. But uh, yeah, I think, I think that was one of the quotes that's very important that, we're not going to talk about now because there's so many players, big stars talking about it that, that, you know, everyone has, a, there's more quotes coming out each day, but that was a tweet from a while ago that I, I just remember that stuck with me. I, I truly wonder how many quotes we have by our next show next week. Cause this isn't over. This is even no. close to over. No, because every press conference they're going to ask. I mean, JD mm-hmm. avoided it today, but there's every star. Comes JD up. got angry when they, when they brought up that they might remove video completely because that's how he hits. That's literally yeah, how he Yeah, and that was himself. fair. He even said he was like, do something like delay it or something, but you, yeah. you can't get rid of video. It's going to change right. how I operate completely. And he also mentioned how, he, you know, he's been in the league like a while, and he was like, I had that in the minors. So a lot of people have been doing this their whole careers, right. and he's like, you can't just take it away now. Like, yeah. This is the video thing's not even really close to new. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing, which was what Justin Turner said about Rob Manfred, for him to devalue it as in the champ as in the World Series championship, correct? 
Well, he no, so he called the trophy World Series trophy just a piece of metal. Right, right. Which was super dumb as the commissioner of the league. Yeah. To value it the way he did yesterday just tells me how out of touch he is with the players in this game. And then he continued after saying the only thing uh, bad about the trophy is that it said commissioners on it. Yep. And um, I think well, what I just want to say, what the dumbest thing about this is, is Manfred basically just said, who cares about winning a World Series? Like, I know he, he is talking more about the actual trophy and how they're saying to take it back. Right. But. To take value away from the most prestigious thing in in his sport that he commissions, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a bold move for a league that's dropping in attendance each year. Yeah, it's it's bad look. Uh, Justin Turner perfectly said it. We didn't even talk about what Trevor Bauer said. He said so much that it's hard to keep track. Well, that He's, was about the playoff system. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, no, but he also spoke out about Manfred. Well, that was because of the playoff system. Though. Oh, right, right, right. He, yeah, but he's he's made fun of the the Astros long enough. Um, yeah. So, and then this is the last thing I have. They actually set a baseball prop today. Houston oh. batters hit by a pitch in the regular season over under eighty three and a half. This is a real prop you can bet on in real life. Eighty three, huh? <laughs> I'm going with the under, personally. I don't think 83 is possible. (laughs) Yeah, but we've talked about how... I know we talked a few shows about how this isn't just going to die in April because every team is going to want their crack at it. I think it actually... There is going to be more problems than we expect... than I expected earlier because we we talked about how every team is going to have to have that conversation when they play Houston for the first time. But I also think... Manfred did say they will be punished. Yeah, I know, but... I mean, people, they're doing it for, like, the pride of the sport or whatever. They'll take that. Unless unless they start dealing out, like, 30-game suspensions or something, which will cause even way more problems because then you're defending a cheater and all that, whatever. But I didn't realize, like, I had a pulse on this a little bit. I knew there were going to be guys that were angry. I did not realize how many people were upset, like, stars were upset with this. Like, I expected, you know, people like Bauer to be upset, but... You know, Chris Bryant isn't directly facing the whole. Th- I mean, like, I, I didn't realize how many hitters would be uh, infuriated by this. Obviously, you know, people like the Dodgers and the Yankees are affected directly, but you know, I'm glad people like Chris Bryant are upset too. But that doesn't bode well for, uh, you know, like I said, Correa's rib cage. No, the Astros games are going to be must see TV, and for the complete wrong reasons. Yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm glad we're getting that package this year. Oh, for sure. That's gonna uh, be fun. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Um, I had a random thought uh, earlier today that that's that's fine by me. <laughs> it, do you think like it's? And I I don't like maybe I don't know probably not. But do you think it's possible that they get plunked in spring training? Um. Yeah. Because think about if like if Trevor Bauer. Uh, gets a shot to play Houston, like, you know, the starters play at the same time. So if Bauer's out there, there's a good chance one of those guys is going to be out there. And if let's say Bauer and Correa get a, a matchup in spring training, oh. I you're dealing with, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's interleague games. I don't know. It's unlikely that the Reds play the Astros. Do you think he takes a shot there or do you think? You um, know? If he doesn't have a shot in the regular season, absolutely. I think it's I think it's legitimately possible that there's a a plunking or two 
in spring training. I will say, and again, all bets are off for the Astros right now, but that is a time to kind of get your body right and stuff like that so they don't want to risk injuries and stuff. I don't mean they're worried about Correa's injury. I think they just mean like, you know, full effort fastball and then getting into a certain fight. Oh, for uh, sure. They might not want to risk it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be stunned if it happened. I don't think it's likely. I just that, that was something I thought of today where I was like, you know, p- people are pissed right now and they might not wait. I do think, you know, spring training, there's, you know, everyone's just kind of like, all right, let's just not get hurt. Right. Uh, the Astros are very lucky. Why? Which isn't a sense that I expected. They do not see the Dodgers a single time this year. Yeah, I saw that tweet. Um, by the way, did you did you see um, that they lost a reliever for the season? Yeah, for the yeah, that was awesome. Just I was just about to look up the schedule to see who they play first, and if you type in Astros, the first one is cheating, and the second one is punishment. So they that's the, they play the Angels first, by the way. Okay, well, Shohei's probably not going to hit them. You think he? Nah, I, don't I don't think Shohei. I don't think Shohei would hit him. No, I don't either. I was just going to say, is he definitely the opening day guy? But I don't want to get into that. Yeah, that's, that's a conversation for another day, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you good? Yeah. Okay. This was Around the Diamond, broadcasting live from remote locations. My name is Scott Edwards. I'm Scott Neville. And we will see you next week with Rookie of the Year predictions. Bye. Kings of our little towns, if there's a rebel around, you know it's gonna be one of us. We're right at home in the wild, can't help it, that's our style, born and bred to be dangerous. We might roll on Saturday night, get that look in our eyes and we're striking like lightning. Some may say we're too loud, some may say we're too proud, well there's lambs and there's From remote locations. Oh, nope, uh, nope. What? what? That, that, that peaked the volume. Oh, okay. So I got to be quiet. I would, I, I, you, you just have to back up. Oh, this is true. Okay. What's that? Okay. Do you, are you going to restart the call or should I just go? No, no. I love that. Okay. All right. Cool. From, uh, okay. Give me a second. I had it good the first time that you, no, you did. That's the problem. From remote, uh, <laughs> it's gone now. It's gone now. Okay, okay. From remote, uh, nope, can't say it. Keep forgetting what word I'm saying. Remote. Yeah, from remote locations. My name is Scott Edwards. His is Scott Neville, and this is Around the Diamond. There we go. We got there. Is that a test run or is that for realsies? That was definitely a test run because I kind of.